Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the first race recap of the season, 15th of January. Roles are reversed. Santos to and under <laughs> women's stage one. Benji's up at the crack of dawn. Well, before dawn, actually, I think. I don't even know if the sun gets up in the UK. And I'm I'm happy. It's the mid-afternoon for me. No problem. And, yeah, so why did you actually get up, Benji? Like, I said we could record it later. Well, dedication, huh? Like, cycling's back on. I'm so hyped to see it. And my alarm that I put at 3.45 in the morning actually woke me up, which I... Didn't expect to happen. So I was like, well, might as well watch the race now, eh? And then I texted you and here we are. So, hey, we might as well get it out there as soon as possible. So I'm down in Adelaide, courtesy of Swift. Obviously, also the show partner of LRCP. It's been pretty good the last few days. I got in on Thursday, midday, went straight from the airport to a panel discussion with Kate Verano. And this was a Zwift panel discussion on women in cycling, which is really interesting. It had two riders, uh, Amby Pate and Jess Pratt, two Australian riders. Uh, and Pate looks pretty good, actually. She won the Australian Crit Championships. I think she might do something in the Classics this year over in Europe. Uh, but that was interesting. And, yeah, otherwise, just been hanging out, going to see the event for Tour Village. It's kind of like we don't have in Australia Eurobike, and this is – a de facto, well, there is literally a, a hall called the Bike Expo Hall. And so all like the major brands uh, and small and large brands is sort of have stalls, etc. And it's great. I think the riders seem pretty chilled. Went to a press conference uh, with Brody Chapman and who else was there? Roseman Gannon, Grace Brown, can't forget her, and Lawrence Stevens. I noticed the EF, so there's been some sock issues. <laughs> they are not consistently wearing i mean maybe in racing they will have them right but the socks have been i'm trying to get any other anecdotes anyway just thanks for swift i'm here having all these anecdotes and there's an interesting question i asked roseman gannon uh at that press conference which was who is the leader between you and manly in the versatile sprints she didn't really say she said she'd they'd play their numbers and then Baker, well, fair enough, she doesn't have to say. They, she said they used numbers. They did that in the crit last night, the Schwalbe Classic. She went in the breakaway with Howe. And then Baker would be the main sprinter, which we saw today. So that was sort of an interesting tidbit, Benji, because in this course, it was going to be a sprint always, uh, even though there was like a drag, climb, heavy crosswinds for a lot of the day. What did you think? Like Trek, really strong team, right? But on this parkour, do you just nurse Brat if she's your GC leader? Do you try and split it in crosswinds where you might leave her behind? They don't really have a top sprinter like because Hosking's not there anymore. Yeah, true. But firstly, like you said it, crosswinds. When I was expecting to watch the Santa Sudan under, the last thing I expected was crosswinds. The same to UAE. I, I was surprised you guys have wind down there. Anyway, when the wind actually was occurring... 
I do believe that it would be a strategy for Trek to do echelons because Elisa Klein also strong on the flat. Hansen, Chapman, pretty good engines there as well. Spratt GC rider, so probably wouldn't be doing the engine work there. But that's a team that kind of needs it because when it comes to their pure sprints, Zanguinetti and and Klein and, and Spratt are not the sprinters that I can put toe-to-toe with the Manleys, the Bakers, the Roseman Gannons of this world and see them out-sprint them with ease at the end. That's not what I see in Trek's, uh, in Trek's role here. But let's... Uh, Shall we go over the park win depthly or shall we just get into it? I mean, the park, yeah. It's like from Glenelg on the coast to Aldinger going south, although there's a loop through the Shafi's climb where there was a QOM sprint, a Cat 4, and then there was a couple of rises, the last of which in Willunga, but not Willunga Hill, but there was a rise about 18, 20K, 18Ks from the finish, nothing too severe. Um, some lumps and bumps, but then it was a flat run in for the last 20, finishing in a, at the beach in Aldinger, going north with some crosswind, I think, from their right shoulder. That was the parkour. It's a sprint, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But when it comes to that first QOM that you spoke about, remember when the Tour de France Femme happened last year and I said that Gladys for Hills would come out of nowhere and snipe that QOM yeah. point on the Champs-Élysées? Well, she waited no, a bit longer. you QOM overall. Uh, me, 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 me. No, I don't, I don't think know. you did. I'm but I don't think I did, but you're making that up. You're right. <laughs> um, now, she waited a few months and she threw the QM points here. So I guess I can still consider that take of six months ago to be half correct. I just got the raise wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the thing she, you uh, just a take is never wrong you just have to wait long enough for it to come correct that's what i'm like exactly that's exactly <laughs> what i'm saying now she took that in front of claire Steele's and uh sophie edwards we spoke about claire Steele's on the israel premier tech roland uh uh preview that uh might still be coming out at this point so uh spoilers anyway gladys for her stake that she is a new transfer for fdg by the way this year, I'm looking forward to see what she will do throughout the season. But outside of that, no real breakaway, no big breakaway for the majority of this first part of the stage. It really came down to the first uh, KOM, no, first intermediate sprint at 55 kilometers to go for action to occur. And it was a bit of a weird run in towards that sprint, to be honest. It felt like there was no real pickup outside of like, I think it was Luz Adegist or someone in the team of ADG that was pacing at the front of the group. And then suddenly Brown sprinted on the right side of the road while we saw that Manny and Roseman Gannon were both kind of sprinting, but neither really doing a lead out for each other. And then there was Trek on the left side of the road with a full lead out. But despite having a full lead out, Brown was completely destroying them, which looked completely weird from the helicopter angle because you'd expect a full lead out to beat a single rider in like 400 meters of sprinting. But no, Grace Brown just straight up took the points there ahead of Manny and Roseman Gannon. No Trek riders in the top three there in the intermediate sprint. So Brown getting three seconds already for GC. You think those three seconds will matter throughout the week? Well, I think so. Like, isn't she already... Like, it's because Manley or Roseman Cannon didn't take any in the finish either, so she has the lead on them. So, assuming Pickalick or Baker or Caponi, whoever took them all bonus, like, they're going to drop on corkscrew badly, one would think, maybe. Um, yeah, every second counts, to an honor, especially when some of the parkour aren't that hard. So, like, I don't know. It was This is why I asked the question to Roseman Cannon about, Manly and her, because yeah. 
I feel like if one of them let out the other, would they have a better chance of, you know, one of them taking the majority of the seconds? Although the, the converse is uh, one takes two, one takes one, they're only one and two seconds behind Brown, yep. and they stay in GC to be like a dual threat against um, against Brown, but then they didn't use neither of them with a leader in the finish, so they're not taking the sprint bonification. So it's going to be Cause... really tough. How are they going to beat Brown in GC? It's very difficult. Last year they were able to. I think Rosman Gannon ended up winning the Santa Stura uh, Tour Festival, whatever it was called last year. Santa Stura down under festival. I'm going to guess something like that. But um, yeah, and the and the aspect is, it's not like you can say before the race, Rosman Gannon or or Manly, uh, one of them is definitely going to be stronger than the other. It's really difficult to even for us who watch these races every single day, almost like. It's very difficult to see a big difference between the two because sometimes the one is better, sometimes the other is better. But hey, enough about them for now. We'll talk about them a bit more towards the finish line. Breakaway conversation. Mia Griffin of Israel tried to form a breakaway at 39k to go. Didn't really work, but another break from not a not a full kilometer later. So Isabel Carnes from ARA. I think that's Sunshine Coast, one of the Conti teams. They also have a team on the men's side, if I recall correctly. Then uh, Gina Ricardo which um, she writes for Bridge Lane Women's Team. And I vaguely remember that it was a dude on, on Twitter last year that started tweeting about, oh, how about we crowdfund the creation of a, a women's team in Australia? And then I saw him tweeting last week in relation to Bridge Lane Women's Team that it was built somewhat through the crowdfunding. So I don't know if this story is 100% correct. I'm just putting one tweet and another tweet together across the last year. But if that is true, then it's a pretty cool way to start a, an Australian uh, Conti team together with the men's team that already existed at Bridge Lane. So she was in the breakaway. Then we had Tittle Jorgensen uh, for co-op. So a three-women breakaway. But the first two riders that I mentioned, the, uh, the Australians were the ones that eventually, well, held on longer. They ended up taking... Um, the majority of the seconds, if not all the seconds, actually at the next intermediate sprint. So the second intermediate sprint, no seconds for actual sprinters. But it was Jaco and Treg that were holding control together with uh, FDG and the peloton. And the break was basically called at 11k to go. And then something happened, right? With 10k to go, the road turns and Trek Segafredo starts trying to use echelons. I mean, Trek have been trying to use wind to their advantage for years. They did it in Gen Weibel in 2021, kind of to good effect to launch Elisa Longo Borghini. Strong team, particularly like time trialists like Klein and Chapman, super strong on the wind. It did look to me like Spratt wasn't able to pull through. She had to skip a turn eventually. Um, and I'm pretty sure Brown was – there was a split. They split it. Yeah. Roseman Gannon was right there. Jaco Alula were there, but I think Brown missed it. I yeah. saw one FDJ there, but Brown missed it. And I was like, oh, this is now very big for GC. Uh, unfortunately, at eight Ks to go, I went to commercial break. Not my choice. The TV <laughs> went to commercial break. And then it came back and they were together. So I, I don't know what happened, but I presume I can tell you. it all got pulled back. Oh, you were commercial free. Yes, I was a commercial free man with nine kilometers to go. And it was Loretta Hansen, Lisa Klein and Brody Chapman that did most of the work for that track split. And we had crashes in the meanwhile, like I think uh, multiple riders crashed, including one of the sprinters that would be a top five opportunist for today, which is Simone Boilard, which is the rider on Saint-Aubert that we mentioned during the Tour de France Femme that got like a top 10 somewhere, I think, on the Champs-Élysées. But um, yeah, she ended up crashing, so no chance for her either here. 
Ali Wollaston was also one of the ones missing the, fir missing the first echelon. So as the sprinter uh, New Zealand champ, if I recall correctly, that won the uh, Schwalb Classic uh, a day ago. And you said it, that group formed. Kopani was the FDG rider and it was included. Brown was not. And eventually just the tempo was good, but the wind kind of disappeared. So the groups that were larger ended up coming together and coming back towards the front. For example, Human Powered Health, who missed it, they had riders behind that were trying to get those group back. So teams were taking control of the second and third group who also came back. So we came back with a group of like 30, 40 maybe. And then it was basically silence for the next seven-ish kilometers. And we came towards 2.8 kilometers to go. And that's when a team took it up, a lead out. And that was three riders of Jayco Alula. And it's this order. Alexander Manley in first, Rosamund Gannon in second, and Georgia Baker, as you mentioned, as the last one here. So is this too early? 2.8 kilometers to go. That's yeah, very early, yeah. right? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like, usually you need five, not three yeah. uh, from there, especially with the wind. I don't know if there was some headwind on some of the sections. They did turn. This is on the coast on Aldinga Beach and Gracie Elvin, I think, just immediately said on commentary, she's like, this is way too early. Like, wait, she's way, way, way too early. Because two riders plus sprinter, 2.8 k's to go, quick maths, that's 1,300 metres each that the two lead-out women need to do for the sprinter to sprint at 200, which tailwind sprint, I think it was, even if it might have been a bit of a drag, 200 minimum or maximum you want to drop them off, 1,300 metres too long. Even though there isn't really some other strong trains here, to be honest, yep. like there's no no Vibas, SD Works, there's no cool DSM, um, but still, like there's women and who can sprint here. You got to keep in mind that the leaders that they have working there, Manly and Rosamund Gannon, already threw a shot at it at the intermediate sprint, so they're also not completely fresh anymore. They just had an echelon happening, so a two point eight kilometer leadout is just very very long and. I guess they had the benefit, like you mentioned, that there was no other lead out that really shined today because let's say it's the Tour de France Femme, then they're definitely getting waved across already by the time they reach 1.5k to go. They're already gone. So at 1.1k to go, Manley goes to the front. So that's a pull of 1.7 kilometer by Alexander Manley without another team contesting that first spot. So clearly no other great lead out here present anymore. So 1.1k to go. They go towards Roman Rosamund Gannon in front of Baker now. And this is the order that we have now going into the last kilometer. Rosamund Gannon at the front, Georgia Baker in the wheel. So two riders from Jayco Alula. We have Coles Lister, the uh, Canadian champ for Zaf, if I recall correctly, in the wheel of that. Luz Adige is doing the lead out for Kapani, uh, if I recall correctly. Then we have two riders from Human Powered Health. That is Daria Pikulik and Kaya Schmidt. So both there, but also sprinting for themselves, not working together. Wollaston, who was not in the initial echelon, is back now and is actually sprinting, but doesn't look their strongest anymore. And eventually, uh, Amanda Spratt is also there. I would have expected Sanguinetti to be the sprinter there, but it seemed like they were both kind of going for themselves or they were going for Spratt. I can't really make it out from the finish, but it was a bit of a... Yeah, that was how it went into the final kilometer. And I'll let you lead in the final sprint right here with, uh, with how it was uh, ending. Well, I'll take people back to stage maybe 12, Tour de France 2021. Mercu's been left on the front too early. The quick step train, which had been so dominant that 
Tour de France didn't really perform, well, didn't get it right perfectly on that stage. And Mercu's there at 500, and he likes to go at 400 or 350, 3380, and he just straight up doesn't start his lead out. He just goes to the left with Kavanaugh's wheel, and he's just like, not doing it. Like, because if I go now <laughs> with Cav in the wheel, then I drop Cav off at 250, we lose 90% of the time. And so he just let someone else launch, got onto Garcia Cortina's wheel, then came out of the wheel and Cav ended up sprinting in the wind for four seconds. So that's one option you have. The other option, which Roseman Gannon and, and Jaco could have done, hoped that maybe Caponi, let Caponi come over the top. Because I think Baker's the quickest sprinter here. Baker, you know, is the best sprinter, at least yeah. from what I saw today. Let Caponi come over the top and then use them and then do lead out. Second option, which I think was pretty feasible with a tailwind finish, was when Roseman Gannon started a kick, I swear she created a mini split of three riders. Almost immediately, her initial burst, she's very strong. She could go for a brunch sprint herself, could probably podium this stage. Is Baker's like, this is way too early. Let the wheel go. Let the wheel go. Someone else will have to close that. You get on their wheel, use them as your lead out. That's also pretty useful and common. Well, not common. It's actually could be more used, but I think that would have worked really, really, really well. Um, and Roseman Gannon's strong enough. The reason it works so well is because Roseman Gannon's strong enough to make it work. Um, but anyway, she shuts the lead out, and it's just a bit too early. She's done it kind of 500 then Caponi comes over the top, and then other sprinters are waving over on the right-hand side. Not boxing Baker in too badly, but still she's like lost momentum. She has to restart it. She goes really early um, and then has to sit down in the saddle with Caponi and uh, Daria Pikulik coming through the middle. I think Caponi was on the right first and got over the top of Baker, and then Pikulik came through the middle, wins the stage, and Baker in the saddle comes back down over the top of Caponi for second, but Pikulik on human health, her first UCI race for the new team, wins Polish rider with kind of a scrappy, she's a scrappy finish. She's an ex-track rider as well. It seemed to be a high-speed finish where everyone really just got back down into the saddle. Uh, that's That's what I saw and... Yeah, really, really impressive. After quite a good year last year, on she came from a Polish UCI team, where I'm really going to struggle to both pronounce the team and some of its stars. <laughs> but yeah, it's called. I'm going to try it once. Why not? Atom developer Poshilu Vroklov. That's actually not bad. Um, <laughs> she got one year deal at Human Powered Health, but one of the really, really top riders on that team who got a two year deal at Canyon Shram. She's Polish too going with New Vidoma, is Agnieszka skalniak Schweika, 25. She won Lotto Belgium Tour GC and like four other races on GC last year. She's really good from what it looks like. Um, but a great win for Pikaluk, Benji. Yeah, certainly. She had a few results last year already, 15 European Championships, for example. I'll be honest, she wasn't completely on my radar for this stage either, but she probably should have been with the results that she had last year. Because, like, isn't it weird that we always tend to, like, move towards Australian riders in the Santa Sud and under, even in the men's race. Like, what's up with that? Is there a reason that we automatically orientate towards Australian riders as the potential favorites of stages in Australia? Uh, because they're the best riders. 
Okay, I'll take it. I'll allow it. No, for this is then more the like year. the peak for us. Like, <laughs> Yonu Zagira is going to do better at Basque Country than he is at Romandy. Yeah. Well, unless he gets shot by Vingago on the last climb, but that's the story for another day. Yeah, he's he still <laughs> won the stage. You're not wrong. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Anyway, stage, by the way, they just released it. New Ibar finish. Yeah. Amazing, amazing parkour. Yeah. By the way, Basque Country gone, but... route reveal pod went. <laughs> 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 exactly now back to the race amanda spratt sprinted as well i think she ended up in the top five if i recall correctly she was uh launching on the right when the other sprinters were basically fighting it off on the on the left and it's so curious because i'd say that fdj's lead out was pretty much better than the jaco lead out caponi I agree that Baker's probably better head-to-head than Caponi on today's stage. Maybe Caponi's not there yet when it comes to all full power, as yeah, Australians speak for Australian race, as we know, and they're the best riders. I'll allow it today. Um, but Pickelik definitely was the strongest in the sprint towards the end. And maybe there's the benefit that she was able to launch later because these other two sprint trains were basically doing a lead-out for her, right? Because she went through the middle from their wheel. Yeah, you got to be you got to be careful with disciplines like these where the top contenders have had something really go wrong for them and have to sit down and then someone comes back from the draft. Um, it's, yeah, it, I'm keen to see her, see her back it up, but I'm not going to mark her down Pickalik, um for the next well, the next stage, for example, uh, which is from Birdwood to Uradler, 90Ks. It's cooled down a fair bit. It was much cooler today, thank God. It was like 37 the day before that. And yesterday, or no, the day before yesterday, sorry, and today was like a lovely 23, 24 degrees. Tomorrow's a bit lumpy. Birdwood to Uradler, as I said, in the Adelaide Hills, a short stage. They do one 1K, 6.5% climb, 40Ks in. It's a cat two, so there's a few QOM points there. Then there's an intermediate sprint after a climb which I think advantage Grace Brown for that one based on what, based on what I saw today. Um, that's 75Ks in in Summertown, and then they go they continue up the climb to Mount Lofty, which is 6Ks, 3.2%. So it's the easy way up Lofty. It's already starting from the hills, uh, from a northeast direction, I think. No, I'm wrong. North. Um, but it's not that hard. It's, it's really not. So... Uh, there's some QM points on offer there. It's 11Ks from the finish. Is Brown really going to use that as a launch pad before corkscrew tomorrow? I don't see it, um, but she's so good on these hilly stages. Maybe she will. How will Bike Exchange uh, Jaco Alula play it? If I was them, I would go for a sprint for Manly or Roseman Gannon. Uh, in a reduced yep. group, try and drop some of the pure sprinters. But the team that I'm looking for is, again, what's Trek Segafredo going to do? Because on paper, they're not the team that has the fastest people at the finish line here. Spratt did sprint to a top five, but I'm not really seeing her win the sprint against Rosamund Gannon and the Manly and so forth in the final leaders. So that's a team where I'm like, what can they do on this parkour? And it's, again, very difficult because if they do something on that climb, Brown's in their wheel. If they do something on that climb, I doubt they'll drop Manley and Roseman Gannon. So I don't think there's much Shrek can do on the climb per se to create a situation where they can get ahead of something. Now, we already have the fights at the intermediate sprint. You said it. Like, for example, Grace Brown will probably go for intermediate sprint points somewhere. She's got that kick. We've seen it in that 
Burgos stage two years ago? Or am I stupid? Did you win a Burgos stage two years ago? Maybe. I think so. Against Ludwig or someone. Yeah, I think like a three-up sprint or something in front of like the storming peloton after attacking on the Kalan before. Anyway, those are far away memories, but that's a team I'm looking forward to try and upset the fact that it will might be a, a sprint at the end of the stage once again. Will it be a easy enough the climbing for Clara de Caponi, for example, to hold on? I don't know, but I'm also leaning towards an either either the Roseman Gannon or a Manly towards uh, the finish line here. Or is there a chance that Georgia Baker ends up being the sprinter, regardless of the fact that the Hills are there in the final? True. Maybe you just instead of doing what I said, you try and falls you know go on the front and bluff and just do a really false tempo on the climb um to try and nurse baker over and have another crack at the sprint because the next stage is up corkscrew it's going to be too hard for uh baker i assume maybe tomorrow is that really edge case i don't i don't know her climbing well enough it's but it really isn't that hard a climb uh it's longer and so i think trek need to go all in tomorrow for gc and I would go full Roglic, Vingegaard, basically Olivier on Brown uh, tomorrow on those shallow slopes. I think it's actually a really good gradient for it. And I would attack her yeah. with Chapman, Klein, and Spratt over and over and over and over again, one one by one, and force Brown to close it down. Now, Brown might counter you and just win the stage. That's fine, because if she's strong enough to do that, she's winning GC anyway. Um, so I think you have to try a strategy like that. I think it is Chapman strong enough to stay away. Yep, I actually believe in that. Definitely what, after what we saw at the Australian uh, National Championships where she won last week. But I think it's important to note, this is a three-day stage race. Tomorrow's stage is the second one. It's not the hardest parkour where you can make the difference, as you said it. Corkscrew is where it matters. And for context, Corkscrew is basically the hardest climb on the parkour in these three days which comes at the end of stage three it's 2.4 kilometers at 9.1 percent so whenever we mention corkscrew we're talking about that climb at the end of stage three it's a descent to the line though but we will talk about that a bit more at the end of uh, the stage two podcast and we'll preview that stage in depthly but i think that's it for our uh for our podcast today we went over a uh, stage one it was a pretty good uh, a pretty good linear start to the season it's good that yeah, it's not chaotic wins some cross wins yeah, Australia delivering. Um, the wind was super <laughs> strong. Um, I don't, Where are the birds? I, I'd like to s- Pardon? Where are the attacking birds? Hey, that's in spring. It's summer now. They're chilled okay. out. They're all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm having a good time here. I'm hoping. I'll, I'm hoping Jaco Alula also just just do a rerun of the Aussie champs. Just gang up on Grace Brown on that climb and just all attack her. Like, that's what they need to do, I think. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Roseman Gannon and Manly working with Trek, and that can make Brown's life really, really difficult tomorrow. Um, poor Grace Brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't I don't have a horse in the race. I don't care who wins. Um, I'd like Brody to win. That's a lie. I'd like Brody to win. But, um, <laughs> you know, Grace Brown, I think, is looking really, really, really strong based on that intermediate sprint. I'd be scared for Corkscrew. So it's looking like a good race. I might head up to the top of Corkscrew to watch uh, that climb in a couple of days. Don't be afraid to say hello if you see me out and about having a good time here, courtesy of Zwift. And we've got some more events. I may be doing a panel tomorrow with Matt Keenan in the Tour Village. So go and check that out at about 5.15 in the afternoon, Adelaide time. 
um, and also doing one with him on Thursday uh, during the men, well, after the men's race, but when the men's race is ongoing with Jay and uh, Jay Vine and Ben O'Connor next Thursday. So that should be good as well. So yeah, go and check them out and hope to see you uh, on the road or at least on the side of it. Till then, ciao.